Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hi, this is Bitch Slap. I'm Rachel Fisher. And I'm Desi Jenikin. Let's pray that this is the last episode with Kelly Martin and the rest of the 90210 gang. It's got to be. It has to be, right? Because he did the final act, right? (laughs) I I, I know, but I have this like horrific memory that there's like one more scene that they get together where he's like lets her down in a nice way. I just don't remember, but I, I feel like it's already gone on too long. It's gone on way too long. Like you just do one crossover episode. One. <laughs> just to bridge the gap yes. that we're leaving 902 and No and we're entering Melrose Place. <laughs> so this episode starts out in what is no doubt some kind of a dream sequence. We open up at a jazz club. And as soon as I saw Marcy, I said, no. <laughs> We've left that behind to get rid of Marcy. She appears. Well, when you were saying, I hope this is the last we see this, I thought you were going to talk about Billy's um, like film noir dream sequences. <laughs> like, I don't want to see those anymore. Yeah, as we've stated several times, we're still in the goofy era of Melrose Place, where they're trying to like straddle the line between sitcom and family drama. Yeah, I, I don't even know what to call it. But we open up, we see Marcy. This is obviously some kind of dream sequence, and they're like dancing and talking all like film noir talk to each other. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was thinking someone who wrote this, whoever wrote this scene clearly just got a book of film noir terms and shoved as many as possible into this scene. It's like, hey, doll. <laughs> and Billy is like, this. these two episodes we watched, I was like, Billy is a terrible actor. Or, or, or Andrew Shue at <sighs> this point. Yeah. He's... I mean, he's fine mostly, but whenever he has to do anything beyond just be normal, it's terrible. Like... Especially that scene later we'll talk about. Uh, maybe it's next episode. But yeah, it's just like, it's embarrassing to me sometimes. Also, Billy has like the wettest hair I've ever seen in this dream <laughs> sequence. Yeah, so, it's slick. So we pull out and it's Billy and he's it's he's not even asleep in his bed. He's literally fantasizing during the day daytime, having like a wet daydream at his computer. Yeah, about being the worst writer ever. He, but he thinks he's the best writer, yes. <laughs> and he's sitting. He's sitting hunched over in even worse posture than we have when we're typing up our episodes for Hollywood Crime Scene. Yeah, he that wasn't a plug. No, that's just what, <laughs> that wasn't a plug for a it's podcast, a other podcast. It, that's just how we we're not good at posture sometimes. No. no, anyway, he has even worse posture than that. He's also like physically struggling. To type. He's typing with two fingers. I don't know how to officially type, but I'm like a thousand times better than whatever he was doing. It's like the first time he's typed anything. Do you know what I mean? Like 
I'm really fast and not doing it the official way when I type on my laptop. And he's pathetic. He was going very slow. It's it's they're trying to be funny. He looks like he has a boner. And oh. luckily Allison snaps him out of his little fantasy. As and always. <laughs> the, yeah. The good news is that she is that she snaps him out of his fantasy. The bad news is is that she immediately starts nagging him about something. And you never know yeah. what she's nagging him about. It's so he's just like, Billy. The towels? It's just like something like he's done wrong that she has a rule about. And he, Billy, if you think about it, for as like annoying as his character is, he is a very patient person. Oh, totally. To have to live with Allison Parker. He is like, yeah, I'm writing my script. This is going to be the next great screenplay. It's going to, someone's going to buy this for a million dollars. Yeah. He's, he's read the trades. He knows scripts are going fast for lots of money. And he's, he wants in on that gravy train, despite having zero experience. Right. So he tells Allison, as she's headed out the door for work, later, doll. Yeah. Terrible. Because he's still in his like film noir world. <laughs> it's so bad. Later, Jane and Michael are being horny by the pool. Michael's like trying to clean out the pool, but she's like very horny. Jane is like ovulating or something. She's she, like <laughs> she's been ovulating for 3 episodes straight. Yes. Um again, why I can't wait to see their relationship implode. Michael has a pager attached to his belt loop. Yeah. He's a doctor. He's a doc. <laughs> he's a doctor. You never know when he's going to have to go to the hospital. They're making out and Jane tells him that she wants to recreate their first night in LA together. And then she like describes like someone who's never been to LA before and has only read about it, what they did. So far their whole relationship constitutes them recreating nights but from the past, right? <laughs> it's like the, the when's the first night you felt like you loved me? Let's recreate the first night. Like it's just always like some kind of thing that Jane wants to go back to. Right. Like they can't live in the present of their relationship. It's just a bad sign. I yeah. think. Yeah. You know? Like she's chasing that high from yes. when they first started dating. She says, we're going to go to Pink's mm. for dinner, which is a very famous hot dog place here. And then we're going to come back to the apartment and watch Ghost. <laughs> so you, <laughs> that's how you know what year you, it is. <laughs> yeah, because Ghost had like just come out on VHS probably. Yeah. And then we're going to fuck. With lots of candles. With lots of candles on yeah. our bedspread that I just changed again. Uh, Sandy is in the laundry room with Jake. I really liked Sandy's red bandana dress in this scene. Yeah. Her little like halter yes. top bandana. She loves a halter. She really does. She wears a lot of them in this show. We learn that Kelly Martin is spending the night. Possibly Jake has invited Kelly to his house or to his apartment. And that's why he's washing his sheets, according For, to Sandy. Yeah. Jake, <laughs> I unlike, think that was nice. Unlike Jane and Michael, Jake only washes his sheets once every two months. Yes. And he just and he constantly doesn't. has like motorcycle grease all over the sheets. And crumbs. And crumbs. <laughs> what do you think he snacks on in bed? Probably like those Snyder's pretzels. Yeah. <laughs> Or has like that plastic tub of pretzel rods. Yeah. I don't even think Jake gets the bag of pretzels. I think he gets the like 
the like off-brand big tub. The tub of the rods. Yeah. <laughs> and those are real crummy. Um, <laughs> yeah, you get like ex- an exfoliation treatment when you spend the night in his bed. Because all of your bed, it's also that large salt. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Because that's just fallen everywhere. It's like sloughing off all your dead skin (laughs) in the middle of the night. Um, And obviously Sandy is judging the fact that he's invited this high school girl to spend the night at his house. And and he's like, the truth is we're friends. And the problem is she wants more than that. Look, Jake, I don't think you're doing a very good job setting a boundary with her by inviting her for a romantic evening at home. She wants more. You got to cut it off cold turkey. Like, that's just the way it is. Because everything you do, she's going to read as what you actually want, right? Like, And we know he's thinking with his ding-dong, his pretzel (laughs) rod. Absolutely. So he's he's like, oh, well, maybe she'll just break up with me through osmosis and I won't have to do anything. And he even swears to Sandy in this scene that nothing's going to happen. He says, I'm going to set a boundary at dinner tonight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Later, at the gap, at the fucking gap, do you think, do you, okay, I'm pretty sure. No, I don't think. <laughs> I know what you're going to ask. I was going to ask if this is where the Urban Outfitters was oh. on, on Melrose Avenue, this, I, this location. I know what location you're talking about. Maybe. It I mean, of, all of the storefronts they, they have the footage of, that like whatever stock footage, it's right in that area yeah. of Melrose. And I was, yeah. And like the only storefront that still remains in all the like transitional footage on this show is Johnny Rockets. Right. I thought you were going to ask, did I buy Kelly shopping at the Gap? And I don't really a hundred percent. I do only because the Gap was so like in the zeitgeist. It was so like, even though it was like a mid tier store, I do think that she would get her basics there. It was like the American apparel of its day, but Maybe. way less. I slutty. mean, it was definitely better quality then than it became sort of more basically old navy esque, like slightly better. But yeah. it used to be more high end. Yeah. Or not high end, but you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, but do I think Kelly Martin was regularly shopping at the gap? No. I just don't think I like I don't know why she was there, but I was thinking it was to find something to wear to dinner. And I just don't 100% buy that's where she would go. But maybe she was helping Steve and David pick out some khakis. Yeah. Because I do, I do buy that they would shop there. I don't, yeah. I don't think Kelly would go to the Gap for a dinner outfit with Jake. I also wrote Steve's hair, LOL. Was his hair particularly bad in this? <laughs> I wish I could remember. Steve looked terrible. I mean, Steve just looks terrible in everything. I think his hair was particularly fluffy. It was very fluffy, and he was wearing sunglasses inside the store the whole scene. He's yeah. wearing shades. So, yeah, hopefully this is the last time we have to see David Silver and Steve Sanders in Melrose Place. Also, I'd love to know, like, why never Brenda? Yeah, why was It Brenda? was always, like, the Kelly and some, like, second tier. Like, not the... Tr- like, the, there was, like, the main people, obviously, like, Brenda, Brandon, Dylan. But it was always Kelly with, like, these, like, the second tier characters. You think they were second tier? Kind of. I think the core group is Brenda, Brandon, Dylan, and Kelly. Yeah. They're like just slightly above, especially the first few seasons, yeah. obviously. Yeah. I'm not saying they're not main characters. They are, but I think they're slightly more, 
I don't know. They're kind of comical. Why didn't they get Andrea to do the crossover? Why? Why not Andrea? <laughs> Why too? not Andrea? Because Kelly's like, she's too uncool <laughs> to bring around Jake. <laughs> Although Kelly, was she even friends with Andrea at that point? I feel like Andrea is not even in that group initially as yeah. much as she becomes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So <laughs> they're at the gap. And of course, we get Kel- now we get Kelly's friends once again telling her that it's weird that a 23 year old guy is dating a high school girl. And she's not having it. And that's the end of that scene. Next, we go to Jane's shop, which we learn it's called Couture. <laughs> I laughed when we found out the name. Yeah, I was she, like, come on. She answers the phone. She goes, hi, this is Couture. But that's like honestly a perfect name for a cheap shop on Melrose to call itself. Like it is very, because there's so many cheap shops on Melrose yeah. uh, that are basically just selling knockoffs and stuff like that or cheap leggings or something. Like It's 100% what that store on Melrose would be called. Oh, totally. It was perfect. She answers the phone and she is devastated to learn that Michael is calling to let her know that he has to stay late at the hospital and he won't be home till like midnight. And she's devastated because now what are they going to do? It's their, it's like a very special night for them. There's only one third month anniversary that you've lived in LA. (laughs) I wasn't going to bring that up until later when she when we learned that, but I was stunned. <laughs> oh, they don't say that? I don't remember when they said it. They said it later on. Later on? They say it later on because like the way Jane's building it up, it seems like this is maybe a one-year anniversary. Right. And she's like, we've been here exactly three months, Michael. This is a big deal. No, it's silly and... That seems like such a short amount of time. I also feel like that's not the type of anniversary you have to have on the day. Like it can be switched around. It's not as dire. It's like yeah, three months. That is like no, no time. It's stupid. Why would you? <laughs> what is wrong with her? Um, at D and D, Billy shows up and he plops his script down mm. on Allison's desk, and she's like, "Okay," and he's like, I, "Allison, I really want you to read this." Before before I drop it off at every agent in town. Yeah. And she's like, okay, Billy. I'm I'm really swamped, Billy. It's called the big shock. And he's like already <laughs> thinking of the tagline yeah. and like the, the press releases for this movie. He's been at Kinko's all day making copies. <laughs> he's gonna hand he's going to every top agency in town. He's gonna hand them this script. First time writer. Yeah. Um and he wants her to read this tonight. And she's like, Billy, I got a lot of work to do tonight, Billy. Right. And we all know Allison has no plans. No. She could read it after work. <laughs> Allison has no social life. What yeah. is she talking about? I mean, I agree not wanting to read it, but you can't yeah. really say you're too busy, Allison. We all know what you're doing. She Like, she doesn't have homework from work. Like, she's no. a receptionist. Exactly. So he's convinced that this is a million-dollar script. Back at the complex, Jane is swimming and Sandy approaches and um, Jane tells Sandy that Michael blew her off for their date tonight. And Sandy is like, you just need to go to shooters and get drunk. Yeah. And Jane's like, hmm. And Sandy's like, you're always waiting up for Michael. Yeah. And what? Sandy really wants Jane to cheat. 
Oh my God. (laughs) Here's the thing I I realized about Sandy. Sandy has no other function on this show, but to eavesdrop and to stir up drama. Sandy's the type of girl who wants everyone else to do what she does. So she doesn't feel as guilty about it. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like Like pushing Jane to be a party girl slut. And then she's she won't feel as guilty next to good girl Jane. Yeah, like Sandy's made some bad choices in her life. And so she has to voice that on everyone else. And she yeah. also is tired of Jane's goody two-shoes trad wife shtick. Oh, totally. So she's trying to convince Jane to like be her own woman without Michael. I mean, she even goes so far as to double dare her. I double dare you. <laughs> I double dare you. <laughs> she like ups it. <laughs> and, and sadly on Jane, it works. <laughs> it totally works on Jane. She's like bullied and she's like, I love my husband. The weird thing though is beyond everything else, why can't she just go out when her husband's not there? She can't go hang out at shooters like just innocently. Like that's weird to me. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is Jane is an aspiring trad wife. Totally. Like she doesn't allow herself to have any fun outside of Michael. She's yeah. Don't she, put yourself at risk of like faltering. She's <laughs> she's uptight, but she's a different kind of uptight than Allison. They're both uptight in their own ways. Jane would have Michael tagged in her Twitter bio and and say no DMs. D- people who DM me will be blocked. Yeah, hundred percent. Like making sure everyone knew she was married. Jane would be a mommy blogger today. Oh, absolutely. And definitely talk Honestly, about her husband. I think that the actress is a mom. Josie Bizet. <laughs> yes. Perfect. I love it. Uh, I don't know if you noticed this. I'm sure you did. But there was a lot of sax in this episode. It was very sax heavy. Yes. It was the most sax heavy of the entire series, I think. Well, because it opens in a jazz club. Billy's fantasy, and that had a lot of sax. It's like they the transition. It's like they had that. They had all this sax stock music, and they're like, "Well, we might as well use it for the rest of the episode." Yes. Um, Jane then surprises Michael at work with a tray of food and three giant lit candles, and truly the saddest hot dogs I'd ever seen. Yeah, those weren't. I don't think those were pinks. I don't know what those were, but she brings these hot dogs that are no doubt cold by the time she gets up there. Right. And there was styrofoam containers of other stuff, which I'm assuming maybe was the chili. I have no idea. It, it was it was a sad attempt. And it's like, you're bringing this into a hospital when your husband said he was very busy at work. This is like the classic sitcom slash TV show move where the girlfriend or boyfriend brings like the picnic to work and the person who's working is like very busy and the studio audience goes ah right <laughs> <laughs> um so like i think ross did this to rachel on friends and rachel was really annoyed it's a tried and true uh sitcom like, I mean, it thing. would be annoying if you told your spouse that you were incredibly swamped. And it's like, I know it's like, it's annoying because you feel like a bad person for being annoyed by it. And certain jobs do have a set lunch break. So I can see it working in those situations, but like a doctor, come on, you can't yeah. do that. He's like in the emergency room. And if something happens, he's gone. Like, yeah. And yeah. you're eating two hot dogs alone <laughs> in the break room. So all the other doctors in the break room are like, this is awkward. It's very awkward. This is very awkward. So they leave. Um, oh, and it, this is the scene where Jane tells Michael that 
this is their three month anniversary yes. in Los Angeles. And, and the audience goes, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I said. I said three months. That's it. Honestly, I noticed it obviously because I wrote it down and mentioned it, but it was like part of me is like, that's so Jane. Yeah. Like she's looking for anything to celebrate with Michael. She just wants to um, get him to be with her. <laughs> so she'll find like a special event over anything, I think. Yeah. It's kind of sad. Like, wait for your birthday, Jane. Um, later that night, we're at Shooters and. Jane and Rhonda are having drinks and they're scoping the scene and Jane's like opted to wear like a sexy outfit. I guess she's still wearing the same dress she was wearing when she visited Michael in the hospital. Like a black. It was like a plum. It was like a dark dark plum. plum. Um, Well, it wasn't a floral. It was not a floral. It was not a floral baby doll or that sort of thing. So, Or like a ruffle blouse. No. So she's wearing like a form-fitting dress. Her little bowl cut is looking very polished. And her and Rhonda are scoping out the scene. And Rhonda low-key wants Jane to cheat too. Or like she want, she doesn't care if Jane cheats. She doesn't care, but she wants Jane to pretend she's going to cheat at least to help Rhonda get laid as well. Yeah. Um, okay. Like if something happened, Rhonda wouldn't tell Michael. Oh, absolutely. So... I need to talk about the guys. Oh, I took pictures of them. <laughs> okay. I took well, several. first of all, one of the guys is a famous actor. He's Wait, in a ton of stuff. What? Which uh, one? The the like Latino guy or whatever, Nestor Carbonal. He's oh. in everything. He like is in everything. Oh. Uh, so I immediately I was like, oh damn, this must be one of his first roles. Was it? Uh, I don't know, but that's so long ago and he's just always in things like he's everywhere. He kind of has like eyeliner looking eyes. Like his eyes are really like pretty. He has those beautiful dark lashes. Yes. So his eyes look constantly lined, but yeah. And then the other guy, I think he might be in other things as well, but I didn't know who he was. That is a very specific (laughs) type of hot guy they had in like the late 80s, early 90s. The first one I remember would be Mallory's boyfriend on Family Ties. He he was like a bad boy, (laughs) but it's like the most tame bad boy ever. It's the Joey Lawrence type. Yes. It's a very specific type of guy with that long, like shoulder length, like just above shoulder length, wavy brown hair. So the long hair is like, whoa, they're bad. Right. <laughs> but they're like the most tame guys ever. But it's like very conditioned hair. It's not like, oh, they're scuzzy. Like they don't, they don't care how their hair looks. It's like very on purpose. Yes. And, yes. um, and they are usually wearing a leather jacket and they might ride a motorcycle, but nothing about them is uh, sinister no. or like at all. And they might have a tiny hoop earring. Yes. <laughs> oh, they might. They absolutely do. <laughs> They're just not wearing it, probably. <laughs> That's a hoop earring guy. <laughs> that is a tiny hoop earring guy. And maybe they have a stud and a little two hoop. Right. <laughs> They're really bad. <laughs> They're really bad. They might have two hoops. But that's the guy who Jane kind of starts talking to. Yeah. So they start flirting with these two guys at Shooters. And Jane takes off her wedding ring. Yeah, he's like literally walking over and she's scrambling to pull it off. And then she, what does she do? Just stick it in one of her, her, her tight dress, which probably didn't have pockets. We don't know where she put this ring. No. So next, back at Melrose Place, Allison comes home late from work where she sees Matt, who's in the courtyard. 
And he he's on his way out, and he's like, why don't you come to this party with me in Laurel Canyon? It's going to be crazy. Yeah. I don't know what's going on at that party. <laughs> but the way he said it made it seem like some weird shit was going down. They didn't even bother to give us any details. They just wanted to have something to be said to Allison where it's like, no, I got to read this script, even though she would not have gone, even if she didn't have the script. Oh, yeah. yeah. Allison's not going to a strange She's like, party. Oh, all my vests are dirty. <laughs> I can't go. <laughs> this is my only good blazer. She, Matt is wearing a very oversized blazer in this scene. He's which, just happy to get a little moment, ugh. Matt, at this point. Matt was done so dirty on this show. Absolutely. So she tells him she's tired. She has to read Billy's script. Or no, she she says she's tired because she just read Billy's script. That's how bad it is. And <laughs> and yeah, and she tells him it's awful. Right. And Matt is definitely the person you want to go to with advice on how to talk to someone about yeah. their bad script. Matt is like the one pure soul in all of Melrose Place. <laughs> yes. He's the one pure soul. He is. And he and Allison tells him the worst part is Billy thinks it's great and Matt's like well you could lie to him but then that might encourage false hopes (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like I would love to see that captioning like a cat picture or something (laughs) I promise you'll be getting second lunch soon (laughs) And and Allison's like, I don't know how I'm going to face Billy now. This is a big conundrum for her. Yeah, she's clearly never given someone notes on a shitty script before. Like, there's always ways you can do it, yes, right? There are tactful there ways. There are tactful ways. And Allison is not in the entertainment industry. She's not a creative. Well, I guess she's like an ad, whatever. Yeah. But she's not like a writer. She doesn't know how to let someone down easy. Right. Or at least give them constructive criticism. Well, in her business, it's like, no, that doesn't work. Yes, that works. There is no, there is definitely a way to give someone advice on a script when it sucks. That's different than giving advice on whatever she does. Yeah. Uh, Let's take a break here. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Back at Shooters, Rhonda and Jane are drinking with the guys who we learn are in a rock band. And the guy Jane is talking to, his name's Peter. Mm -hmm. He's wearing a very ugly blouse. (laughs) And like we mentioned before, he has Joey Lawrence hair. And at this point, he says to Jane, so you must have a boyfriend, right? And Jane goes, technically speaking... Mm, not really. Yeah. That's Jane. That's Jane. Then uh, back at the complex, Billy comes home and Allison is cooking up a storm and she's like, hi, Billy, I'm making tuna casserole for two. Okay. Billy, of course, <laughs> loves tuna casserole. So he's excited, but he's also shocked because he says, 
coming from the person who wouldn't let me have a one crumb of her mint Milano's. Yeah. I mean, okay. Rewind for a second. He enters saying, Lucy, I'm home. (laughs) Okay. Right there. Right there is where, you know, Billy is full of the lamest cliches. Yes. And he can't write for shit. And when she said she's making tuna casserole for two, that line made me laugh because I was like, Allison's probably the woman who has that cookbook that's like microwaving for one. Yeah. <laughs> like she had some cookbooks. Yes. On how to do this kind of stuff. Like tuna casserole for two just made me laugh because it's a ridiculous statement. Like, yeah, that, what does that even mean? You never make tuna casserole for two. You make it for like 10. You just make it and you have leftovers, but you wouldn't make it for two. Uh, I just thought that was absurd. But you're right. Yeah, of course he loves tuna casserole. That's his favorite meal. And he thinks that Allison must be making him dinner to congratulate him on his amazing script. And I think we should also add Mint Milano's to our 90s food staple list. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I used to house Mint Milano's with my best friend Lauren back when I was a kid. I had multiple ways I ate them. (laughs) Like Sometimes I liked to dissolve. To suck them? (laughs) To suck them until they dissolve. Because they make like a, they're like pop rocks. There's something about them that (laughs) dissolve very easily. You Uh, You know what else I liked were Brussels. Look, there's a few Pepperidge Farm cookies that I would house. Like, <laughs> I loved the Brussels too, the Mint Milanos. Then there was the Sausalito chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> Remember those? Of course. <laughs> that was like when macadamia nuts made a big, big splash in the 90s. Remember when I freaked out over the summer because I went to my grandma's house and she had like three boxes or packages of the Chessman cookies? Oh, yes. And like, I was like, who buys those? Oh, my grandma buys those. And Look, you know what? They're pretty good. Grandmas love shortbread. <laughs> they do. They love shortbread. They love shortbread. We were raised in excess right. where you had to have a lot of shit going on. You needed dried cranberries, white chocolate, macadamia nuts. No. Grandmas are like, I just want a basic shortbread cookie to dip in my tea. My constant comment. <laughs> it's true. My grandma is like, her parents were Russian immigrants She's like, shortbread, good enough for me. Your grandma orders the trefoils from the Girl Scouts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she does. Um, Okay. Okay, anyway. (laughs) Wait, where are we? Okay, So we're back at the bar. No, we're next at the grocery store. Oh, we're at the grocery. Oh, right, 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 right. This is a great scene. I loved it. We're at the grocery store with Jake and Kelly because they've decided to stay in. I, I bet this was like a last minute decision of Jake when he realized that it would be weird to take his high school girlfriend out on a date in public. Yes. And he didn't want to be judged. He's like, let's keep this uh, secret. secret. But in her mind, it's like, ooh, we're actually a real couple. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing we're like a married couple she's totally yeah. acting like that as they're browsing the aisles they're shopping for dinner at home they get to the checkout and and kelly pulls out a block of cheese and she says reggiano parmigiano it's supposed to be a potent aphrodisiac is that even true no i've never heard I've that never one. fucking heard that but it's 6.99 and that <laughs> which is expensive well okay when I heard that, I'm like, oh, that's very inexpensive. That's that's how, how much things have inflated. Right. And I'm like, she probably took him to Gelson's too, yeah. knowing her. And oh, he's yeah. like, he's broke. And she took him to the most expensive store. Yeah. And when the cashier rings them up, it's like $46. 
I think it's like forty six ninety nine, like exactly the cost of that Parmesan. Six ninety nine, <laughs> but she doesn't take the Parmesan. No, she out. doesn't, because <laughs> Jake only has forty dollars in cash on him, right? And and Kelly is like sweating, so she takes the giant tub of ice cream and she goes. Guess I don't need the calories anyway. She says too much cholesterol. <laughs> too much cholesterol because <laughs> it's the nineties, and nineties is all about fat and cholesterol. And cholesterol, <laughs> and then Bitch, the funny thing: <laughs> you're seventeen. You don't need to worry about cholesterol. The funny thing is, though, the cashier that says forty dollars even, <laughs> which is exactly what Jake has. I know. Forty dollars even. Like, I was like, that ice cream was six ninety nine. <laughs> That's expensive for ice cream. He, he opens up his wallet and a fly comes out. Oh my god! Um, so now we're back at Shooters and things are heating up at the pinball machine. Yeah. I didn't even know they had a pinball machine at Shooters. No, but we needed something where Jane was thrusting <laughs> on a machine and yeah, killing it. Jane has taken off her jacket at this point, so she's in her little halter dress. And she's thrusting into this machine, and she's obviously had a few because she's like loosened up. She's loose. She's She's finally loose. And Jane's like, okay, I guess it's time to go home. And Peter's like, no. (laughs) And I was like, okay, if this was later Melrose Place, Peter would have assaulted her. Yeah. Something horrible would have happened. You do start thinking things. You're like, oh, yeah, no, this is early Melrose. Nothing bad will happen. And instead, he's like, let's go to a dance party. Yeah. So. Rhonda, of course, is encouraging this. She's like, come on, Jane. And she even pulls Jane aside. And she's like, Jane, if I don't get my pussy licked tonight, yeah. I'm going to be so mad at you. Don't fuck up my game, Jane. <laughs> she's like, I already got scammed by that guy last week. Right. I'm fucking ready. I'm wet and ready. <laughs> so Jane relents because she doesn't want to cock block Rhonda. No. Back at the apartment. Billy and Allison are chowing down on her tuna noodle. <laughs> okay, that sounded dirty. <laughs> Billy is chowing down on Allison's tuna casserole. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's sloppy wet. <laughs> and, and he's going on and on about his script. He's like asking her like, oh, did you like this part? Did you like this part? What about this part? Right, because he thinks this dinner is like a celebration because yeah. his script is so great. And Allison is like really like struggling. And finally she says to him, the truth, hey, <laughs> sorry. After- <laughs> Hold on, let me just do it. She goes, the truth, I hated it. <laughs> the, the thing is she fretted so much about breaking this to him gently. <laughs> and then she just says it like that. And it wasn't even pushed to a point where she just blurted it out. It was just completely (laughs) unreal to me that she said it that way. I hated it. And this is the part I'm talking about where Billy is the worst, or Andrew Shue is the worst actor I've ever seen in this next bit where he's pretending to be furious. Right. He's like, what do you know about anything? Well, I mean, it's not really well written, so I'll give him him that. (laughs) But he's so trying to be furious and it's just, it doesn't work. Like It does not work at all. And and she's like, Billy, you can't take criticism. And then he storms off. <laughs> but before he storms off, he says, you have no taste, just like your lousy casserole. <laughs> now that <laughs> was a line that should have been in the movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
sick burn. Okay, that is like a sick burn. <laughs> I literally have tears in my eyes because I choked in my water. <laughs> Um, yeah, and Allison is like, does that Allison deer in the headlights look where she goes like this? She goes, yeah, why'd you bring my casserole into it? <laughs> At the dance club, Peter is like grinding his dick all over Jane, and she backs away because now it's too far. It's too far. Now it's too far, and he follows her, and he's like, come on, baby, and then he starts reciting like poetry, <laughs> question mark. Wait, I, how this? do you... <laughs> How do you go from groping to quoting poetry? <laughs> like, right. That's a very specific type of guy. And then he starts talking about how he's like, this guy's the original male feminist. He's like, he's he was a feminist. Yeah. I really like it's women. Percy Shelley, that poet. Oh. Who was married to um, Mary Shelley. So oh. it's like, oh, he's considered feminist because yeah, I guess he let her He let her a make book. a book. <laughs> <laughs> so... At this point, he tries to kiss her, and Jane says, don't. And then she confesses that she's married. And he's like, ah, jeez. He doesn't believe her, almost, right? (laughs) He's like, if you want to let me down, just tell me. Yeah, and he's like, where's your ring? And she goes to pull out her ring, but she can't find it. Dumbass. Right, because we all knew she lost that ring the way she put it away so, like, haphazardly. Yeah. Yeah. Later... Jake is chopping a red onion, and he has very poor knife skills. I wrote, Jake is cutting the onion like a fucking moron. Like, I have never (laughs) seen someone. He has the whole onion circle on its side, wobbling as he's slicing it. I've literally never seen someone cut an onion like that. This is so dangerous, the way he's cutting the onion. And to make it even more dangerous, Kelly is, like, licking his face and trying to make out with him. And they're, like, in the corner of the um, counter space and Kelly is like up on his ass as he's cutting this wobbly onion. Like she's so <laughs> close to him. I would be like, get the fuck away from me. Right. It's wild. Yeah. Later Melrose place, Jake would have cut off all five of his fingers. Absolutely. That's, that would have been a plot point in this episode. So she's trying to seduce him and he's like, Oh, Oh, but then he gives in, but the phone rings and he's like, oh, I better get that. So he walks over to the phone with his boner in his jeans. Yeah. And then he picks it up. He says some stuff. Kelly's like spying on him while he's talking on the phone. He hangs it up. But then he goes back to Kelly. Next, we see Billy at Shooters drinking a Coke and eating candy. Billy's a child. (laughs) He's a child who just had his feelings hurt. (laughs) So he's drinking a soda. And Allison arrives. She sits down and she says... Billy, I had to be honest. Otherwise, I couldn't face you. Yeah. And Billy was like, well, I guess I'm just proud of myself for finishing something. What if I'm no good? And then he talks about how his father was always putting him down and telling him he would never succeed as a writer and how he just wanted him to work at the furniture store that he owned. His father is happy he failed. Yeah. (laughs) Now, we do meet Billy's parents in later seasons, and they are a piece of work. Yeah. I remember they sucked. Yeah. No Uh, one living on Marlowe's place was raised properly. (laughs) No. Nobody had good parents on this show. So... Yeah, and Allison is, like, trying to give him a pep talk. And she's like, Billy, don't give up. Yeah. 
And that's the end of that. It's like, this is the, this is the relationship for them right now. They go back and forth giving each other pep talks. Yeah. Like that's pretty much what it is. Next episode, Billy will give Allison a pep talk. Right. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to switch it back and forth right. until they finally fuck. <laughs> But first, they're going to uh, have a little squabble. Yes. That's that's like this show is like we have our little template. We'll just keep switching it to make it seem interesting. <laughs> Until they realize yeah. that something needed to change. Absolutely. Okay. Back at Jake's, Kelly puts on some music. I didn't know what this music was. She turns the lights off. She's on the couch. Jake turns the lights back on and he's like, this music sucks. I know. I was I was hoping you caught what it was, but I don't think it was recognizable because they they made a point about talking about the music, but then we didn't get to hear what it was. Yeah, Kelly was like, "This is you should listen to the words. They're they're very beautiful. Maybe it'll open you up about your feelings." <laughs> Which is like not hot, and Kelly. And Jake's like, "It sucks." <laughs> yeah. I fucking hate I it. I believe Jake. Kelly's like, "Come here." And then she starts kissing him and he stops her. And he says, don't you understand how wrong this is? Yeah. Jake, don't you understand how wrong this is? You can stop this too. And Kelly's like, I know what it's like to be alone and to have the whole world against you. Yeah. She really thinks she gets him. And that's what's sad. (laughs) Then there's a knock at the door and Jake opens it. And it's a woman who looks like a poison groupie. Oh, yeah. She has that like classic... Ass length, crunchy, curly hair. Yeah. A very tight brown bandage dress and high heels. And she's carrying a bottle of champagne. And she's like, oh, did I interrupt something? And and Kelly, uh, Jake is like, Kelly, this is Margot. And Margot's like, did we not have a date tonight, Jake? Yeah. And Kelly's like, And then Margot starts going off on Jake. And it's at this point where you're like, oh, Jake is very smart. He set this up on purpose. Right. And you're like, oh, that was that phone call, which right. seemed very suspicious. <laughs> yeah. So Margot storms off and Jake follows her out of the apartment and he closes the door behind him. And then she's like, you think she went for it? I love that they had to discuss this right after it happened while Kelly is still <laughs> there. Right. Like, why would they do that right outside the door? Right. It doesn't make any sense. And so Kelly is like steaming mad and she starts crying and she's like, why did you invite her here? And Jake is like, this is who I am. I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, I feel nothing for you. Yeah. He really, he was a little overboard. He went a little overboard. Like he could have showed not told yes but he decided to do both i think he was hoping kelly stormed out and then she didn't so he had to deal with the aftermath right maybe so kelly is like i loved you yeah and then she leaves and let let us pray this is the last time we see kelly meanwhile jane and Rhonda and the guys are on the floor at the club looking for the ring and i'm glad that they are on the floor because we got to see that black carpet with the pink triangles all over it. And I was like, you're not finding a ring on that carpet. I will notice. I did notice though. It's actually only three of them that are on the floor because Jane's quote unquote date is so humiliated at this point. He's sort of just slowly walking behind them. Like he's like, I'm not going to lower myself to get on the floor. This is embarrassing. One of the best lines too in this, 
it's like, I think someone asked her why she d- took her ring off or where she put it. And she's like, I don't know. I'm stupid. Okay. <laughs> I was like, yes, Jane. Yes, you <laughs> Finally, are. Finally, you've admitted it. And, and then we learn that um, this ring is belonged to Michael's Sicilian grandma. Yeah. They so, had to throw the Sicilian in. Right. <laughs> Casey didn't know. I, I was like, what do they think? We're, she's going to get a hit put out on her? <laughs> I like to picture the Sicilian grandmother like setting a curse or something. In season three, that would have happened. Exactly. In season three, that would have happened. Just all these missed opportunities. Yeah. So she's like um, freaking out. They return back to the complex because I guess they didn't find the ring. And Jane's like, I'm going to tell Michael the truth. And she's saying all of this to Peter, this guy that she's just met, who's gone through this like weird fucking night. With and his- he has legitimately been led on by Jane, too. Yes. Not and that she owes him anything, but he's miffed. He's being very forgiving considering the circumstances. Like, he, you can tell he just wants to get out of there. He's like, this lady is fucking crazy. And then this is how you know he isn't truly a bad boy. Because when he leaves, he goes, I guess nice guys finish last. (laughs) That was actually the line that made me say, oh, he sucks. Yeah, because he's one of those guys. It's like incel behavior where it's kind of like, no one wants the good guy, but they're actually not good. (laughs) Right. So (laughs) Jane um, goes inside and Michael is there and he's been waiting for her. And she says, Michael, I went to Shooters tonight and I did something crazy. And he stops her and kisses her. And then he guides her into the bedroom where we find all these candles and two little chili dogs. They love these cold hot dogs. (laughs) How long have these dogs been waiting there? Also, I love how Jane is just supposed to be available whenever Michael is ready. Yeah. When his schedule is clearly erratic. Right. Um, But yeah. So um, they like make out on the bed. Billy, meanwhile, is outside barbecuing his script. (laughs) He's lighting it on fire. He's about to light the whole complex on fire again, again (laughs) again, for the second time. And Allison walks outside and she's like, Billy, this is crazy. And he's like, you were right, Allison. It was junk. Yeah. But but he's not going to give up. No. He's, he's going to write another shitty script. You know, first first time, that's your crap draft. He could still work on this. He's an idiot. <laughs> Jake and Sandy are playing shooters at pool, and he tells her pool that... Pool at shooters. <laughs> <laughs> Jake and Sandy are playing pool at shooters, and he tells her he broke it off with Kelly, and she's like, Jake, you did the right thing. She's too young. She's, I've been telling you, it's weird, Jake. Uh, and he says Kelly is the only person who's ever made him feel good. That was so pathetic. Very pathetic. And now you can see why he really liked having Kelly around and couldn't let that go. Yeah. Because she kind of put him on a pedestal. Right. Yeah. Which is sick. It's Yeah, it's sad. So then the guy who's cleaning up at Shooters. This is an insane moment. This is insane. <laughs> he looks into the trash can and he's like... <gasps> Look at this. Sandy, you got to come here and see this. You're like, is it a head? Like, what is it? That was the reaction he gave. Look, we as the audience all know it's going to be the wedding ring. It's going to be Jane's ring. Right. But But it's going to look like a little ring amongst a pile of shit and garbage. The way he was acting really was like it was a human head. 
It was over the top. It was so over the top. Uh, Jane and Michael, they're lying post-sex in their lavender sheets. And Jane's like, that was incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Michael, that was incredible. Like, I I need to know. Because I don't think Michael was good at sex yet. No, but I think (laughs) Michael got really good at sex. I think he got really good at sex, but at this point, I think he's still doing normie. Normie Like, just normal missionary and Jane yeah. is very easily impressed. Because we know, like, by the end of season one and by, and by season two, Michael is doing some, like, weird, interesting shit in bed. Absolutely. But with Jane, he plays it very safe. And Jane lost her virginity to Michael. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a knock at the door right as Jane is about to confess that she lost her wedding mm-hmm. ring at Shooters. Or she doesn't know. It's, she just lost it. And it's Sandy with the ring. And fortunately, Jane answered the door. Yeah. And Sandy's like, I'll keep your secret. And Jane makes a face when Michael comes to the door like, don't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sandy's really proud of herself because she did a good deed for once. Yeah. And she tells Jake like, see, Jake, we're not so doomed after all. We're We're developing hearts. We're good people, Jake. (laughs) She really, they really are trying to sell that these two are soulmates, but yeah. it's all through Sandy's dialogue. <laughs> yeah, there's zero chemistry no. between them at all. And that's how the episode ends. Once again, everything's wrapped up in a bow. They share a look and the sax piano plays. Yeah. So we end on a sax too. We end on a sax note with some sexy piano. Will they, won't they? <laughs> what was the name of this episode? The name of this episode, I think, was Lost and Found. Oh, like Jane's Ring and their new love. Their love has been Their love's found been again. Found again yes. with chili dogs. I want a chili dog right now. I'm gonna. It be did honest. make me want one, but not the. I don't want one of those that's been sitting around. No, I want a fresh one. Me too. I do like pinks. So, I mean, did we have any topless Billy? I feel like we didn't. There was no shirtless Billy in this episode. I was gonna m- mention that, but we make up for that in episode four. Yes. So we will be recording that next. Yeah, that will be released shortly after this one. And thank you for uh, listening. Yeah, thanks for all the kind reviews. And thank you for subscribing to the show. We will be back with episode four soon. Bye. Bye.